0: DFA'd. Uh, uh, you know, when you get DFA'd, you're, you could still technically end up on the team. But, uh, you know, that's a long road back. And I, I kind of like some of the things he did, but I know he's not a long-term solution. But, but then again, I go back, Ed, to the idea that Chris Getz is a is an infielder, and Zach Remelard's an infielder, and it seemed like Pedro liked the guy. So are you surprised that he's, he's DFA'd to make room for Maldonado? No i love that great analysis that's awesome yeah, you're welcome that's you're awesome. Welcome. That's how we're starting the show today i set him up and he just goes yeah no i don't really care this is another guy that wasn't going to help us win a championship going to the minor leagues again like zach Remillard wasn't going to change anything and it's true like Mar- maldonado's not gonna ch- change anything really like he's not like the, 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 we're just moving different deck chairs on the titanic around right so i mean like you might have enjoyed Remillard, but how many infielders were you going to keep on the major league roster after you went out and got the young, and after you got Nicky Lopez, and you want to increase your defensive presence, and he's somebody that you want to protect less than like Lenin Sosa, right?
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is 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 you're you're looking at what do you what's the future, and who are guys that are likely to end up somewhere else? So if Zach Remillard really ends up somewhere else, is that a bigger problem for the White Sox than if, say, somebody who might have a future as a, a real contributor, a starter at a position, is lost to, you know, insert team here, whoever it is, if anybody picks up Zach Remillard. No, because the, the Zach Remillards of the world, it, it's not a knock on him. It's just that there are guys like him everywhere, okay? There are guys who can play multiple infield positions, who can maybe hit a little bit in the majors, who you know do some nice things on the field but ultimately are quad A guys, meaning that they're not quite good enough to be a replacement-level player at the majors, but they're better than you know somebody that is going to be a career minor leaguer. Remillard is 29 years old, and he had a nice showing last year in a very small sample size of 54 games. And like you said, he did some good things, and he wasn't a bad player necessarily for the White Sox. It's just one of those where, again – It's not just about does he move the needle forward for a championship. It's also about if you're in a mode of what are you going to do in 2024, are you giving any at-bats to that guy versus trying to figure out, like you said, Lenin Sosa, what is he? Brian Ramos, what is he? Uh, You you know, Anybody that you might sit there and say this is a guy that I either want to showcase for another team as somebody that might bring us back that next piece or – Somebody that we sit there and go, this is the guy that's going to knock Nicky Lopez off second base. This is the guy that's going to knock Paul DeYoung off of shortstop. We're going to knock, you know, well, what's going to knock Yohan Moncada out of third base is the fact that there's no way in shape or form picking up his option, but that's neither here nor there.
0: Oh, yeah, because I don't think that you're going to get anything that's going to justify the money that would be on the books if you picked up that option. This episode of Sox in the Basement and every episode brought to you by the home of the podcast for fans by fans Cork and carry at the park at 33rd and Princeton in the shadow of the ballpark with an award-winning menu of burgers and ballpark favorites. Two-for-one burgers on Tuesdays right now during the off-season. Stop in and see Gino behind the bar. It is a big, beautiful bar with every option you could think of. Amazing selection of craft beers, spirits, and wines. And then, of course, they have the traditional uh, Irish pub that is Cork and Cary along Western Avenue around 106th and Western. Stop in there, uh, always a good time. I like going to both places. Uh, you can see more at Cork dot com. When I talk about I like going to both places, I could use just a little bit of relaxation at Cork and Carry. But oh, the pro- yeah. but the problem is, I'm currently not drinking. Now I I, I just want I'm not going to explain why I'm not drinking. You can go and check out Southside Pod for that. The the Twitter account at Socks just tweeted uh, yesterday. If you're a Socks in the Basement fan, doing dry January or don't drink, check out the latest Southside Pod episode. Funny stuff. And I appreciate the fact that he thought it was funny, that my misery was funny. No, I'm just joking. It really isn't that hard. <laughs> well, it really isn't that hard, but it is funny. The the places that I've gone and explored, and y- and you're mentioning it, Ed. I do talk about our adventure to Naperville. And I don't want to get into it anymore ah, than yes. this, but I do talk about our adventure in Naperville and where this dryness has brought us. And I think that's what Sober Socks is is talking about on, on the Twitter or the X or whatever you call it. And so it's definitely something to check out after this episode at Southside Pod. Meanwhile, the Dylan Seas trade market is heating up, and I believe Chris Getz has masterfully gotten us to this point. Whether or not he will stick the landing, I don't know. But our good friend over at uh, Future Sox, James Fox, saying on uh, on the X, uh, the White Sox are still talking to the Orioles on Dylan Cease. Having the Yankees, Mets, and Red Sox involved is really promising. I think Chris Getz has played this well. I agree. I think at this point, you have several American League East teams that want desperately to get a pitcher that is at the price of And the two years that Dylan Cease is and the level of talent that he is. And if you don't understand, if you've never been to the East Coast, if you've never like legitimately rooted for any of these teams, let me explain you this. The Yankees and the Red Sox and the Orioles front offices will feel public embarrassment if one of the other teams ends up with Dylan Cease if they're all looking for them. The Yankees will feel public embarrassment if the Crosstown Mets get Dylan Cease When he's being connected possibly to the Yankees, this is actually personal for these front offices and their fan bases really hold them to the fire when they lose out to some of these other teams being mentioned. And I think that's the best thing about this is that we're talking about several teams that all have bones to pick with each other are in direct competition with each other or are in the same town with each other. And they all want to win this. And that might allow Chris Getz to get this across the finish line and get the exact package that he's looking for.
1: Well, and that's where we've been kind of sitting here saying, OK, is he what is Chris Getz really? OK, is he that guy that was complicit in how bad the White Sox have been? Or is he actually more of a savvy GM than what we're used to seeing? Because he is willing to play the long game and he's willing to slow play these things, and he's willing to let the stuff develop and be very particular and very choosy about what he gets back. And we're starting to hear kind of, you know, it's it's more the latter than the former, that Getz is being shrewd about this, and that he is, in fact, sitting here saying, look, I have specific players I want. I have a specific type of player I want, and I have a specific value in mind in a package back form. And so when I'm, when I'm reading, you know, for example, with Ken Rosenthal on The Athletic, that he's got, you know— He's, he's, he's okay taking back players that maybe aren't necessarily major league ready, but he's got a specific value in mind, all right? That he is sitting here thinking like, okay, the Yankees are going to make a bid, but I know what the Yankees have or don't have at this point because they made the Juan Soto trade, right? And I know what that means to the Mets. And I know what the Dodgers and the Cardinals and the Red Sox and especially the Orioles, who, who still seem to be the team that everyone kind of points to, is like, well, they got the most stuff. Uh, th- that's, you know, that's kind of how you have to play the game, right? If you're going to make a trade, you're going to trade your best asset, you got to hold out. And I, and I do feel like that that's what we're watching happen here, is we're watching a guy sit here and say, I know what you have, I know what I want from you, it's just a question of who's going to blink first and give it to me and then give me that plus maybe a little bit more because, like you say, the Yankees can't let the Mets do this and the Mets can't really let the Yankees do this and the Cardinals can't let the Cubs do it and the Cubs can't really let the Cardinals do it and the Red Sox can't let anybody do it and the Dodgers are probably going to come through and just be like, is there any chance that you'll just take a small island in the Caribbean for this guy?
0: As we dive into this Dylan Seas conversation and what the White Sox will likely get back and how good this is setting up for Chris Gets. I want to remind you that if you're looking for exterior windows, doors, patio doors, or storm doors and storm doors, do all of it. Uh, no high pressure sales over at Window and Door Superstore of Oak Forest. You go over to Window and Door Superstore of Oak Forest and you browse through the showroom, look at everything Full size, all the etchings, all the little details. Talk to an owner in the showroom. Have an owner on site. You have their own employees doing the work. They're not farming it out. They're with you from the beginning through the middle till the end. They've been doing it that way for 40 years in Oak Forest since 1985. All major brands custom made, no stock items for a perfect fit. They are a half block east of 159th and Ridgeland at 6280 159th Street. Get in there this weekend or very soon if you're thinking about upgrading and see more at windowdooroakforest.com. I look at the teams that are involved with Dylan Cease, and I start getting ideas about the return. And we talked about this on this show. I don't know what the, the trade return will be, but I am encouraged by the idea that when you're watching the rumor mill kind of churn, and again, with it churning this much, I believe he gets dealt in a week. I really do. He may be dealt before you hear this show because I I think that we've seen this all throughout the offseason. You see several different people report on several different teams all closing in on somebody, and the competition starts to get real, and that's the next domino that's likely going to fall. It's like these teams all get tunnel vision. Like all the other pitchers, it seems like in Major League Baseball, are being ignored. While everybody focuses on what's going on with Dylan Cease, and that's a good thing that something is going to happen. But I look at these teams and I go, well, the Mets don't really have what the the White Sox want, right? And I don't know if the Red Sox have what the White Sox want, but I do know that the Orioles have plenty, and it includes several outfield options that could be standing next to Luis Robert Jr. And then you look at Jason Dominguez out in New York, and that would kill those Yankee fans, man. They love that kid. That is the great hope. Oh, they do, don't they? You look at Yankees Twitter, they already think he is Luis Robert Jr. They they really do. They think that that would be, if we, they would be like, they got they got Robert Jr. and Dominguez sitting in their outfield. Like, that would be a strong outfield in their mind. He has that kind of, of hype. Although, he was way up on the top of the MLB pipeline list. He dropped way down to the bottom of it, but still stayed in the top 100. And now he's working his way back up again. He was actually the funniest thing that w- happened last year in our Dynasty Fantasy fo- uh, fantasy Baseball draft. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he was the center of controversy. He was, it was he hysterical. Was. So, like, my son joined the league, took over another team from a person that left, and I was like, ah, you're 15 going on 16. Like, you, you like baseball. You want to do the league? He's like, yeah, can my cousin do it? So him and his cousin Connor, Dominic, my son, and my nephew Connor, they take over the team. And this is the first problem. You have teenage boys who have never never operated really within like the, the strict constructs of a fantasy baseball team. And we're doing a winter meetings where there's a bunch of adults standing around making like long-term deals on teams that they've owned for five, six, seven years. Right? Like there's real history with every player that they're moving. And these guys are trying to figure out how to navigate things for the first time together. And my son goes to the bathroom, I think. Right. And Connor wants Dominguez so bad, he gives away, like, the house. Like, he trades major players and basically starts a rebuild on his franchise without consulting the other owner. (laughs) That's how much he wanted this guy. And that's how hyped he is. The reason I tell that story is that's how hyped up Dominguez is. I mean, if you get back a couple of pitchers, because that supposedly is the other thing the White Sox want for some strange reason, can we get more arms? But they're asking for an outfielder, it seems like, in every one of these deals. All these rumors seem like that. That's the guy. I saw that. I saw his name put out on MLB Network, as that's probably who the Yankees are going to have to move in a package with two of these other three pitchers to be able to get Dylan Cease. And I sit there and I go, I will take that kind of hype because he's very close to the majors. He probably could play right now in the major leagues, and we talked about that. Not a long-term prospect, but a very high-end, very high-upside, ready-to-get-to-the-major-leagues type player, and I think that's that's one of those guys. He'd be your right fielder, right?
1: Oh, yeah, and and I understand why they're going after an outfielder in every, in every one of these deals. One, I think most teams that have a good major league-ready farm system have a... Top end outfield prospects sitting there somewhere, and in fact, if you look at, at teams that are pretty competitive, they'll they'll tend to have one or two of those guys sitting in the pipeline. And you know, when it comes to the Yankees, their farm system is thinned out a bit. Yeah, that's for sure. And they, they got rid of a lot of their spare pitching, and that's you know maybe a bit of an issue. But if you're gonna look at if you're gonna look at this from the standpoint of uh you know getting a Dominguez, getting a Heston Kirstead, getting, you know, anybody that you think is going to be Luis Robert Jr.'s running buddy for the next next few years, or if you're looking at this from the standpoint of saying we're just going to maximize the talent that we can get back, having something where you're targeting a player, targeting a position that you don't think you're going to be ready to fill very easily, or where you have a specific archetype that you don't have available to you, that's, I think – the sign also that what gets is holding out for makes a heck of a lot of sense you know to to this trade to to getting rid of Dylan C it's not getting rid of him but but to trading him off because what would the point be of coming back with a first baseman if you believe that Andrew Vaughn's going to be there what's the point of coming back with a shortstop if you know Colson Montgomery's on his way and you believe in Colson
0: Montgomery what we know is a second baseman i could have a, a second baseman i could have seen a second baseman but it, it, but but I can also see that it was a terrible market for it. I think the Red Sox put Vaughn Grissom, who they just picked up from the Braves, in a package if they have to. Like they've got to add. I think so too. I think that they throw that in. I bet you it's an outfielder and Grissom, and probably a pitcher is probably what their package would be. So, but but you're right. I mean, like that there are certain positions you don't go out and and pursue. And the thing that the White Sox need the most is they need some stability in that position and and let's be honest you've got Robert now for multiple years out in the center field you've got Benintendi for better or worse for multiple years out there in left field and you now would like to find your long term solution in the outfield in right field and then you'd like to be done with it because it's been such a problem like if you're gets you're like alright first thing I want to do is I never want to be asked about the outfield again right? <laughs> like, I, I just <laughs> never. I never want to be asked about the outfield again. We have a crappy outfield. We have crappy outfielders down in the minor leagues. We have like really nothing coming in the pipe that I'm confident in. He's clearly not in the Oscar Colas, and he's like, he's like, I just want to have this settled. And I do believe that whatever the return is for Dylan Cease, the right fielder that starts off this year. For, for 2024, and the plan will be well beyond, is coming back in the deal. I, I think that that is, that is something that I think you could bank on. That the, the, the right fielder is coming back in this deal and some pitching. The Red Sox probably mix in a second baseman. The Mets probably have to mix in a little bit more because they don't have exactly what the White Sox are looking for. But, I mean, the, the dream is it's the Orioles, right? Because the Orioles can give pitching, an infielder that can play defense and hit because they've got several prospects at that level and an outfielder that can play the corner outfield. They really are. They can give the trifecta of pitching that middle infielder standing over at second base next to Colson Montgomery and that corner outfielder. They're the perfect move. But you would you would accept a couple of pitchers in Dominguez because you'd be like, all right, that's a baller that we're putting out there. That That's a guy that people really do believe when he gets to the major leagues. He's more hyped up than Aloy. I, I would say that. I mean, I believe that, like, He's, he's somebody that people, he's closer to the Louis Robert Jr. hype, and you just hope that it comes true.
1: Right. Well, and, and will it come true? That's the question with all of these guys, too. And that's that's one of the things that we're looking at here is, is you know, you're going to trade Dylan Cease, and I think the one thing that we still have to remember is, even though Chris Getz seems to be playing it right, unless he's getting back somebody established. Okay, so you mentioned Vaughn Grissom, for example. Grissom didn't show very well for the Braves last year and that's part of the reason why he's on the Red Sox right now because the Braves want to win now they don't have time to worry about what to do with Vaughn Grissom. Okay, they went with established major league guys who are not necessarily the future of the team over playing Vaughn Grissom last year. Jansen Dominguez is a guy that yeah, Yankees fans he's hyped, okay? And Yankees fans uh, are are probably rightfully so sitting there like putting all their hopes and dreams into that guy being in pinstripes. But until he proves it on a regular basis, he's still just a guy, right? And and he's just a name until we we see something other than that.
0: So You know what the socks should ask for is they should ask for, like, not only Dominguez, but, like, throw in, like, Spencer Jones, who's, like, at the double-A level. Like, if Dominguez doesn't work out, at least we've got the guy who's going to come in there in the next year. <laughs> right. we <laughs> like, We got the next, like, I mean, we we got got, the next guy that's going to be hyped. back. It goes back to the whole argument that I always make about football drafts, right? Like, isn't that what's, like dominating Bears talk right now. Like, what are you going to do when you, with a draft next year? Well, you know what I always thought the football team should do? They should draft a quarterback every year. And if you really need a quarterback, you should draft two in the same draft. Like, I want to say that that's what didn't, didn't, when the commanders were called the Redskins, that's what they did years ago with Robert Griffin Jr. And then they picked like another guy. I always Kirk thought... Cousins. It, was, it, was, it was Kirk Cousins that right. they picked up. Kirk Cousins and RG3, same team, In the same draft, like if you have a need position, go crazy. Like if you haven't been able to take care of it for five, six years, overdo it. Maybe that's the problem. There's
1: there's not enough second baseman in any one organization to satisfy his needs right now. <laughs> He's like a second
0: base monster. He's like I would like five second base prospects, so I never have to deal with second base again. We, we second base, i um, no, nom 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 nom. <laughs> nom. <laughs> like, like that's that's probably what it is. And meanwhile, he gets rid of Revelard, and 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 I do think that that's really funny. I, I saw that, I'm gonna steal it off the guys from the 108. Um, they ran a Twitter poll. It, it's still running, but so far it's like overwhelming who's DFA hurt the most, Danny Mendick or Zach Remel Danny Mendick. Like, I mean, and it's overwhelming amongst White Sox fans. when voting in that poll. I mean, like Danny Mendick, I take today, right? I take the Danny Mendick that was dealt away. Unless something has changed with Danny Mendick, I would have been perfectly fine with him at second base this year. Cause he played defense and he actually could, could carry a big stick from time to time. Plus, you know, he left his shirt open a little bit. The ladies love that, right? Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, Danny, that, that, Danny, Danny, Danny was showing off the goods while he was up there at the plate.
1: Yeah, I, I Danny. Uh, Danny was a charming, charming presence for the White Sox for sure. He had that really come back. He had, a he had
0: a certain je ne sais quoi. Like he had, he had that thing,
1: you know, yeah, that was going for There him, was, right? there,
0: was just a, there was just a,
1: Danny Mendick right. thing going yeah, on. There was, a, there. there was a
0: whole thing going on with him. I, I miss him. I would that. I, I, that still hurts. I still think that's a guy that I wish that I had in my organization. And remember what I said when he left. Remember what I said when he left. That I was like, I hope Danny Mendick goes out. And he just plays so well that one day the White Sox ask him, can you come back when he gets free again? And he just says, no, I'll never play for you again. Because I thought they should have never gotten rid of him in the first place. And that's probably why he's not back. Chris Getz probably called him. He's like, Getsy, I told you. When they let me go, never going back there. <laughs> All right, oh, got yeah. Nicky Lopez. Like, that's probably how
1: it goes down. Oh, yeah, you, you know. You know he went to him and said... You know, sometimes you just go can't go back to your first love, man. Just can't go back.
0: (laughs) Socks in the basement, listeners, here's the deal. When you combine state farm home and auto insurance, you save an average of $889. State Farm agent John Harrell is ready to help you combine home and auto and save in Chicagoland today. Call him 708-481-4500 Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Average annual per household savings based on a 2019 national survey by State Farm of new policyholders who reported savings by switching to State Farm. It is the weekend. You know who we haven't talked to yet? <laughs> that music right there that the Sox Nerd, Dave Marin is on the line right now. Uh, Sox Nerd is the guy that is putting all those interesting tidbits up on the scoreboard during the season, but he's with us here on Sox in the Basement once a week, and he's brought to you by the Village of Lamont. Want to experience a downtown with real history, great eats and drinks, and green spaces filled with adventure? Visit the Village of Lamont. Shop, dine, drink, explore, and see everything they have going on this weekend and beyond at lamontdowntown.com. Nerd, what's going on?
2: Chris? Let's keep examining, Sox nerd style, a few of the players the White Sox have acquired recently. I know last week I did a deep dive on the recently signed Martín Maldonado, but since that pod drop, I also discovered that he is the all-time leader with 52 home runs from the ninth spot in the batting order. For the record, Juan Uribe owns a Sox record 26 homers from the nine-hole. Of the venues where he's played at least 20 games, the only park where Maldonado has a higher average than the 255 he hits at guaranteed rate field is St. Louis's Bush Stadium, where he has hit 283 in 26 games. Brett Phillips, reportedly signed by the Sox to a minor league contract this week, is an interesting dude. The journeyman outfielder is best known for sprouting imaginary airplane wings and frenetically sprinting to the outfield after scoring a walk-off run for the Rays in a twenty twenty World Series game. That moment landed his spikes in the Hall of Fame. On the field, Phillips has one of the greatest stretch of grand slams in baseball history. With the Rays in 2021, Phillips hit three slams in the span of 20 plate appearances. The only other players to do that were Jim Northrup, who needed just 14 plate appearances for the 1968 Tigers, and Lou Gehrig, who did it in 20 for the 1931 Yankees. As if a Phillips connection to Gehrig wasn't enough, he's right there in another category with Lou's teammates. A fella named Babe Ruth. Included in Phillips' great slam spree of 2021 was an in the park homer. He did all that in a span of 18 days. The Babe held the previous record doing all that in 36 days. Baseball is the best because you can find morsels where Brett Phillips can outdo Ruth and Gehrig. How about one on Tim Hill? The lefty signed as the heir apparent to Aaron Bummer. Hill made his big league debut for Kansas City against the White Sox on opening day 2018. What do you remember most about that game? Was it Matt Davidson's three bombs or the fact that Hill hit the first batter he ever faced, and that man was? Larry Garcia. My zinger? (laughs) My zinger? Ron Kittle's birthday was Friday. Still one of the most popular Sox players ever. Kitty collected his first two triples on consecutive days in 1983 and then tripled only one more time a span of 2,426 plate appearances for the rest of his career. Oh, and i like to point out that the big man from Gary is the all-time leader with seven roof shot home runs at Comiskey Park. My most popular blog is on roof shots, and that piece and others can be found on my blog at SocksInTheBasement.com. That's it, Chris. Probably more than you wanted to know about the bottom of the order, roofers, and, of course, Larry Garcia.
0: Uh, before we get out of here, check out Southside Pod, which is uh, it's been kind of fun uh, with that show. It's on the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network, and it's been fun for me recently because I, my social media manager convinced me to put $4,000 in 4K video cameras in the, in the bar. And I told myself I would experiment first with Southside Pod, but very soon, my friend, we're going to have to start doing some video podcasts on the YouTube channel because we get a lot of comments on the YouTube channel, and all we do is put up audio on the YouTube channel. And it's really funny. Like Accumulus Media put out like a study recently that basically says that people discover podcasts on YouTube, but they don't actually watch them. They keep them on in the background, which I think is fascinating to me. So like it's really funny that we just put audio on there, but I would love to show people who want to see the bar, the bar, because right now that Southside Pod now. She's got me on the TikTok and all the different reels and stuff. And she's got that show with us all sitting in the bar running like these little clips, like nonstop. And they're popping up in my feed. So I know they're popping up in other people's feeds and stuff like that. And I love it. And I got to adjust like some of the lighting and stuff like that. But once it's perfect, I want to add that in here, you know, not all the time, right? Like, I don't know if I like that thing where like you're in one location, I'm in the other location. I don't know if I, I don't know if I dig that, right? But like, I I like it, the fact that we're down here at the bar and if we can, when we're consistently here with each other, that's why I don't want to make it every show, but when we're with each other, which is a lot, like I want that to be like something that actually shows us sitting at the bar, like me around the corner here, you down there where you're at on the other end. Like, that's what I want. And I, and so like, once we get it perfected, you're, you're going to get to see it. But for now uh, you can check it out on the, you can see what the bar looks like on the south side pod like Instagram and uh, I I believe the TikTok now is finally up and the Facebook and everything else like that you can kind of see the bar, you won't see Ed but you'll see the bar, you'll see me with those guys that are on that show and then hopefully we'll be adding that to Socks in the Basement. Are you ready for camera close-ups? Are you going to be close-up ready? Um, I just don't know,
1: much like if Danny Mendick were to come back and just unbutton one more button, I don't know if the world is ready to see me, that's the problem
0: (laughs) You should be like Burt Kirshner you do the show shirtless with your, with your yeah nobody <laughs> wants that trust me no one no one
2: wants to see that Socks in the basement Socks in the basement Socks in the basement Socks in the basement heard everywhere podcast can be found and always on socks in the